Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Tox and Tastings Studios, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. I'm Bullhagen. I'm Dr. Joseph Omolo, an Archbishop of Evangelical Lutheran Church in Kenya. And there's Vicar. I'm Vicar. <laughs> don't mean to and don't mean to say. I mean, your first time on the podcast that you'll be on the podcast all year, and then uh, you, you begin with you have to follow that. Yeah, that was a pretty unfair advantage, I think, on his part. I have two new people to the podcast now. One's just traveling through. Uh, how are you doing? What? How's your experience been so far? Well, I'm doing fine. So far, so good. That's good. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I remember, uh, I think you and I have a bit of a chemistry. We enjoy each other. Okay. We, I have fun with you. Yeah. You laugh at my jokes. <laughs> and you do also on mine. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Akuna Matata. Yeah. Yeah. Akuna Matata. That's a thing, huh? Yeah. No worries. No worries because it's not just a Disney. It's. Actually, they actually say that in Kenya, huh? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's Swahili word for no problem. Akuna Matata. Akuna Matata. All right. By the way, in honor of you, uh, I, I wore a shirt here. This is the most African shirt I could find. Okay. So if I, if I went to Kenya and I wore this shirt, what, what would happen? Well, they will know that you wear a shirt. Okay. Is it a T-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't say, man, that guy is cool, huh? Really? <laughs> yeah, he's a nice one. <laughs> nice print there. Oh, yeah. This is African as I could find, you know? Okay. <laughs> Which they don't wear this, probably. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Okay. <laughs> and Vicar, your very first time. So I got a show with two people who have never done this before, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, but I, we, I've been in the studio. Yesterday I was. Yesterday you were in the radio studio. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that comes out today. Wow. So uh, if... Um, if you want to hear what that interview sounded like, you can go to Radio On The Go, their website, uh, and listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. This will be this will be even more fun. It is. Yes. And Vicar, how are you? We'll get we'll talk more to you because you're just we'll have a formal introduction for you. Sure. Next time. Okay. Right now you're just the vicar and you know, you're uh you're in the third chair. We've got a dignitary with us. And a sub-dignitary. So, Vicar, would you, Joseph and I are preaching on the same text, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. You're, you're going to be in uh, Center... Center Point. Center Point, uh, Iowa, and uh, we're both preaching on... A familiar text. Vicar, would you please go ahead and read that for us? Sure. It is the gospel according to St. Luke, the 18th chapter. Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. 
But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Thank you, Vicar. A little robotic. We'll work on that. (laughs) (laughs) So so I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Since... I like to talk about preaching. Okay. Okay. This the one of one of our, our things we like to talk about here is what's behind the collar, meaning what do pastors actually think about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is my question: You will be preaching this in America, this text maybe mm-hmm. on Sunday, and you've obviously preached this and talked about this in Kenya before. Mm-hmm. How how is what you say from this text different from one place to the other? Is there? Um, actually, no. Um, no. Uh, this is a real popular and uh, a heavy text theologically. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jesus talks about uh, the tax collector and the Pharisee. Mm-hmm. And from the text, you would see that uh, the tax collector, uh, Jesus actually approves him, how he prays and, and his attitude. Mm-hmm. And uh, in many ways, we really want to equate ourselves with the, the tax, tax collector, especially at Lutherans. We want to put ourselves uh, in the person of the tax collector. Right. But in a real sense, we human beings, we are not far from the Pharisee. That is, that is what we are. Mm-hmm. We, we really want to justify ourselves. We, we want so the good things we are doing, and uh, hu- humanly speaking, mm-hmm. that is what a human being is. Because because a human being is naturally driven by the law. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah, and and, uh, um, and so you're saying basically show them, you know. We like to think of ourselves as a tax collector because it's so ingrained, you know, be like the tax collector, not like yeah, the Pharisee. Right. That obviously we go there in our minds and we, you know, in a Pharisaical way, oh, yes, I like to think of myself as a tax collector. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and one, one way that I've heard this, this preach I think is less helpful is when, when someone will say something like, well, don't be arrogant. The whole point of the parable is don't be arrogant like the Pharisee, mm-hmm. as though, if, as though uh, don't think you're better than everybody else. Right. But that doesn't, if you were to do that, doesn't bring salvation. No, it doesn't. Right. No, it doesn't. It's about no. repentance. Exactly. Who went home justified? The tax collector. The tax collector. Not because, uh, uh, you know, he didn't think he was as good or whatever, but just because he was repentant of his sins. <laughs> Whereas a Pharisee was not. Exactly. Now, which one would you prefer to have your neighbor as your neighbor? Probably the Pharisee. <laughs> exactly. Right? The one who keeps the law, the ones who makes things better and uh, respect. And, and of course, uh, with our relationship with the people, we need to be better. We need to treat others well and support and help. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the danger is it's easy to think that by doing these things, then... I'm justified before God. No. 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 A big one. Yeah. A big no, right? A big no. <laughs> um, and another aspect that I think that you can see from this text is, is how 
beneficial it is to be humbled sometimes. Right. And to realize that uh, everything you need and everything you have comes from Christ. Exactly. Your salvation, your life, everything depends upon Christ. Yes. He is actually the creator and giver of life. And all that we have, all that we need, God is the one who provides in his own way. And this is something, an observation from me, Mm. okay? This is something I have observed in you that I've heard when you talk, that you have an understanding. I think the uh, Evangelical Lutheran Church of Kenya have that understanding in this way. Um, when when you live in a place that's developing where people are hungry mm-hmm. and they don't know always where their next meal is coming. Yeah. You know, when they, we talk about mm-hmm. when is our next meal coming, are we having lunch at 12 or 1230? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there, there is a deeper understanding of, of how God provides. And I've heard you say many yes. times, just in regular conversation, mm-hmm. uh, God will provide. And he does. He really and does. And he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, the basis of this is uh, the grace we have in Jesus Christ, uh, which uh, God provides uh, more than what we can comprehend. Mm. And uh, his love through Jesus Christ is evidence in the life of Jesus Christ himself mm-hmm. when he uh, even approached people who had various needs and uh, yeah because yeah, you, you 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 have a have an understanding of this you know when when Jesus is, is kind of walking around and people mm-hmm. are kind of chasing after I have this need I have this need mm-hmm. I have this need and uh you recognize that world yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> you know when when you're uh, sitting at home and you have uh, 10 people 10 children outside your your home uh hungry right what are you going to do yeah you don't know what you're going to give them but you ask God that you bring them to me Right. Lord, what am I going to give them? And he will provide. I mean, it is true uh, because uh, God will bring that thinking in your head and he will even show you doors to knock or people to talk to Mm -hmm. or what to do. Mm -hmm. And he will finally provide. Right. That is my personal experience with this work uh, in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Kind of like in the Lord's Prayer, right? Yeah, yeah right. Like when, you, when Jesus teaches you that, that prayer, he's basically teaching, teaching us, even as we pray, all the things he is going to provide for exactly, you. Exactly, exactly. When, when, when is it that uh, he refused to, uh, to save you or bring forgiveness to you or um, deliver you from evil or give you strength and temptation when you've asked him? Yeah, well, God never, actually. He will do it in his time. Right. May he, not in the way you want it. Yeah. He will do it in his time the way he wants it. But I think uh, we always want God to act immediately the way we want it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that is then. Right. Uh, not... I, I've actually used this as a sermon before, how sometimes in, in, in here, uh, people open up their full cupboards of food and they'll say, ah, oh, there's nothing to eat. <laughs> right? Or they'll yeah. open up a closet like, with uh, filled with clothes and they'll say, I don't have anything to wear today Ooh. because this this one doesn't fit right or mm-hmm. this color isn't right or my shirt isn't African enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that, that's how we human beings are. 
always not satisfied with the little we have. Right. And uh, not realizing that uh, uh, the little God has given us is very important. And he knows that is enough for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, here here we have a, a saying uh, that is often said. It says, mo money, mo problems. <laughs> yeah, but that is true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you really don't know where, who gives you that money mm-hmm. and why he gives you that money, the moment you realize that it is God who provides and he gives you mm-hmm. this and he wants you to use this right for uh, uh, what he wants you to use it for, then that money will always be causing problems to you. Yeah, oh, I imagine you see that all the time when you have people who have very little and then someone tries to help and, mm-hmm. oh, let me throw a whole bunch of money at you that you don't know how to handle. <laughs> You might get a lot of friends that way. Oh, yeah, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Vicar, you, any thoughts on the text? We're dying to know. <laughs> <laughs> I think he pretty well said everything that, that needs to be said about it. I mean, uh, oh, I did have a thought. I, I totally, I lost it. Akuna Matata. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Akuna Matata. That's what I have to say about it. <laughs> All right. So we've talked about this text. Uh, so you can kind of, um, I'm sure you, you just found out what your text was yesterday. So I don't know if how much time you've had to, to get your sermon ready. But My text? Yeah, because uh, you didn't know until yesterday what you, what the. Well, the I know c- the text. No, you didn't know what it was going to be. Remember I had a call? Oh, yeah, I, I remember. <laughs> <Were you there>? <laughs> <laughs> but I know the text. Am I imagining things? <laughs> no, you're right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just to confirm. <laughs> That's right. Um, so one thing we do on the show is uh, I do a top 12 list. A top 12? A top 12 list. list. Okay. All right. And what, it, what, I, what I do is, is uh, I'll do top 12 things uh, that will help you listen to a sermon. Mm. Or uh, a top twelve things that, uh, um, in ways that you can help your pastor, or mm-hmm. top twelve list that uh, of um, uh, sometimes they're funny too, like top twelve sounds of the Bible, or or uh, um, one time I did a, a football draft of the, the top uh, twelve people in the Bible who would have been great football players. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you know who was, who was number one in that one? David. He was the quarterback who was going to throw the football. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> Good aim, a strong arm. He can mm-hmm. throw those stones around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a top 12 list, and, mm-hmm. and I'm going to – can you say something for me? Because when, when Peter, who's not with us, he puts this together, uh, he plays an introduction music for it. But he doesn't oh. do that until someone says, Peter – play the intro okay so can you say with peter, emphasis peter play the intro enough nonsense it's time for bullhagen's top 12 so i have uh 12 questions okay for you okay all right um i don't think they're too only, difficult only, and we've already answered one of these actually. only only 12 well it's the top 12 okay all 12 only 12 of all 12 uh, we're only doing 12 on my list. Okay. But if I'll probably have more. Okay. Okay. But these are my top 12 questions I wanted to ask you Go for ahead. the podcast. Go ahead. All right. 
Yeah. Number 12. All right. I, I want to, uh, you to look at Vicar for a second. This is Take a look. Can you lift your arms up? Show them what your arms look like. All right. So this is my question. Uh, would he, would Vicar make it through alligator, the alligator river in Kenya? Uh, like, say, who's following the wildebeests through uh, that. Would he make it? Following the wildebeest? <laughs> through the crocs? Yeah. The crocodiles, excuse me. Uh, I doubt it. Okay. Perish immediately. Okay, so the, the next question then is there's a follow-up if you okay uh, so so he wouldn't make it. So how long do you think the crocodile could live from vicar? <laughs> like a half a year? A half a year. That's good. Well, at least I'm good for something. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready? And actually they they like white meat. <laughs> More heart healthy, right? Right. <laughs> and and our, our, our hair is better for flossing afterwards. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Number 11. What could the Lutheran churches in the United States learn from the Evangelical Lutheran Church in Kenya? Yeah, that's a real good one. Eh? Yeah. Uh, there are so many things uh, they would learn. Eh? Uh, one of them is uh, that we need to stay close to the Word of God and the confessions. Okay. That is one. Second, uh, it would be very important to, to realize God's provision, especially of life um, that we have. Mm-hmm. It is easy to start thinking that uh, when we have uh, uh, many of what we need in this life, then we, we have everything. Uh, but I think recently, two years ago, COVID proved it opposite. That we, really, right. we need God. We need God fast in everything. The God who not only take care of us here on earth, but also will be with us even after this life ends. So was, was uh, COVID, how, 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 how was that in Kenya? How did that affect your church, the, the church body? You have about 300,000 people yes, sir, right. uh, mm-hmm. uh, in, uh, that you're uh, of the Luther, Evangelical Lutheran Church of Kenya. Right. And um, uh, how, how were, were the churches affected? Well, uh, COVID was a great disaster to many people internationally or worldwide. Mm-hmm. And in Kenya in particular, the churches were closed. The government wouldn't allow people to gather together in churches, something we, we couldn't understand. But not only that, uh, COVID killed people around us, people we know. Mm-hmm. But, but then we pastors, we had to go and, and bury them, you know, mm-hmm. even in those uh, difficult times. But I, but I think one of the big effects is that humanity is a social creature. We are created to socialize together. Mm-hmm. And in, in our context in Africa, the, the social fabric is, is very important and, and very tight and strong. That Because uh, you really need each other. We need each other. The family members, the extended family, the church family, and, and everything. And uh, Do you know what really shows that when I hear you talk mm-hmm. is um, how much they need each other is, uh, you know, 
we have a lot of widows in this congregation. Right. And mm-hmm. um, we, I don't really ever have to worry about whether they have a place to live or food to eat. There's a system by which they get those things. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're in Kenya, uh, if you're a widow, you don't have any of that. You don't. And so you don't have necessarily always a way of earning money, a way of caring for yourself. No, you, you probably don't. Don't, may not even have a place to live or a way to get food. Mm-hmm. When you're a widow in that situation, you depend on your church community in a way that we may not understand. Exactly. So one of the things you do as part of this is is for the for widows, you help find them a place to live. Exactly. How, how would you describe and, those houses? Uh some of these these widows actually they they have very bad houses. When the rain comes, uh, they, it, they leak. Some of them will go to live with others, mm-hmm. and therefore uh, the church works to find a way as as a community to help build a Kenyan uh, local house for a widow. And the church come together mm-hmm. and uh, they contribute whatever they have, and uh, people will do the, the manual work, the handwork, mm-hmm. and help this widow. And uh, some of the, the way they also try to get their living is uh, they would um, uh, sell some things. They would go to buy a small thing if they have some, uh, some uh, money, mm-hmm. and then they go to the market to sell. Now, with the COVID closing everything, closing the church, closing the market, uh, they can't go to sell those things. I mean, they can't uh, find a way to live. They don't have projection or store where they keep the things. Right. They just can't uh, take a credit card and say, oh, we'll pay for this later. Exactly. (laughs) We we, we call it they, they live from hand to mouth, whatever they get. They will eat. Mm-hmm. And what if they don't go to fetch for it? I mean, when uh, the social fabric is broken and uh, they can't go where people are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so would you say that, that that aspect, the social aspect, and that fabric kind of being torn down was probably more devastating than the sickness and illness itself? Exactly, exactly. People who remained isolated were so tormented in so many ways. And, and um, you said something earlier that uh, uh, you had a similar situation there where, where they, they closed the churches yeah. and the bars stayed open. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that was, uh, we couldn't understand that. They would uh, leave the bars open and some places, but the church were totally closed. You, you can't be seen near the door of the church. Because <laughs> yeah. they beat you up, right? Oh, yeah. The police will beat you up and chase you away from that place. And they really beat you. They're joking. Right, like, uh, yeah. Not, so, not, uh, mm, not like a couple of bumps. No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, because gatherings bad, bad for your health because of COVID, so we're going to beat you to the inch, within an inch of your life <laughs> so that you can stay healthy. That makes sense. Right? Uh, uh, COVID. <laughs> yeah. We said earlier that uh, there, there's a there seemed to be a demonic nature to that. Yeah, and you exactly. agreed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, number ten. So how are you doing? So only two questions down. You're doing great. Okay. So this is our tenth 
yeah, somebody needs to go to the vicar. Uh, he, 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 he will get this next time. Yeah, he's so anxious, Wansu. I don't think I can answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number 10. What do you have against ice? <laughs> ice? Yeah. You order water, no ice, no ice, no ice. Oh, no. I, well, it makes the water too cold. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Well, I, you probably... It's not I don't a thing. Uh, cold drinks probably aren't that... Well, I don't want my stomach to be cold. Where do you make my stomach cold? Okay. Uh, what if my stomach freezes with with the ice? Hmm. I've got a new worry in my life. Well, it's just me. <laughs> well, I'm cold everywhere. Even if the right. wind the wind is blowing, I feel cold. But you like the hot weather, though. Oh yeah. Right. That's true. That's the best. Yeah, I actually have a little bit of that. You know, sometimes I'll go I'll go outside on a summer day, mm-hmm. uh, and then I'll get in my car. And the car is really hot. And I think this feels good. And you lock the windows? That's very dangerous for you. Well, just when I first get in. Oh. <laughs> you know, for you know, for about 10 seconds. Then I crank up the air and I get a drink with some ice in it. <laughs> I, I don't know why I really don't like ice. But, yeah, I kind of don't like cold things. Okay. They make my stomach cold and freezy. Right. Well, well, Kenya is on the equator, so. <laughs> yeah. But even in Kenya, there are people who like cold things. I mean, people who like cold pop, cold uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, water. Coca-Cola, right? Coca-Cola and those kind of things. But, but I, I, I don't kind of like those cold things. Okay. Number nine. This is another question about Vicar. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So you, you see him now, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm being set up again. <laughs> so... Uh, let's say we gave him, uh, he has a nice knife, right? Mm-hmm. And we give him a box of matches mm-hmm. and like a can- water canteen, mm-hmm. uh, empty, but he has to find a way to fill it. Mm-hmm. How long would he survive in the Kenyan plain with that? Walking around. Right. Without Fending for himself. Walking without water. Well... He will survive. Would he? He could probably maybe find, with the matches, he could find some water to boil if it's got some, you know. Yeah. Do you think he, he'd be able to, like, hunt some food for himself? Yeah, he will be able to. And people adopt to the environment. I huh? mean, he goes there, no food, no nothing. He will look for fruits all over there on the trees. Or, uh, well, try to kill uh some kind of a, a rabbit or a, a, an antelope. I think he can chase an, an, an antelope. He can. Oh. I think he can run. Well, that remains to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? In your dis- description, you just made me realize something. Mm-hmm. We're way overpaying him. <laughs> yeah. We give him a house to live in. Like All we needed to give him was a box of matches, a canteen. Well, it's cold here. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It might be easier for him to survive in the plains of Kenya, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll remember that for when so, we go on vacation next. <laughs> so he believes that you will be able to survive in that environment. I'm still thinking about the whole vicarage thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he will. Okay. <laughs> Which one's tougher, vicarage or living off the land with 
Right, well, there, there's a, a brand new pastor we were talking to yesterday. Oh, yes, yeah. And That's we were right. talking about crossing the the, the river with a... With, with a vehicle? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he said, oh, it's kind of like being a new pastor, isn't it? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number eight. Uh, explain to me how important the Lutheran confessions are to your work in Kenya. First of all, I, I would say um, everybody who reads the Bible will have some kind of presupposition mm-hmm. of the way how he will interpret or understand the Bible. And uh, the Lutheran Confession is uh, the best way uh, to explain for us the way we read and understand the Bible. Without the Lutheran confessions, I think, we would not be able to rightly understand the Bible, mm-hmm. and especially the doctrine of uh, salvation, justification, and uh, the sacraments, which mm-hmm. are very important in the life of a Christian. Uh, so for us uh, in Africa, and particularly in Kenya, because there's, there's a lot of missionaries yeah. of all sorts of different church bodies. Exactly. That can bring confusion to that situation, I imagine. Exactly. So for us, the Lutheran Confession marks the foundation upon which we read and understand the Bible. And uh, we are not just selective. The entire Book of Concord is very important. This is seen in, in our seminary. Mm-hmm. You get there, you start with the Confessions. And uh, the Luther small catechism, mm-hmm. very important, very simple, but also very deep right. in understanding the Bible. The way I've kind of described it is because people say, well, why do you, if you have the Bible, why do you need the Lutheran confessions? And I would, I, the way I sometimes answer is this, is this way. Well, Scripture interprets Scripture. Right. And if Scripture interprets Scripture, that's hard for one person to do. Right. To really fully understand all of Scripture and say, well, I believe the Bible says this. And then to say, what what about this aspect in the Bible? Um, The Lutheran Confessions was adopted uh, unanimously. This is what we believe Scripture teaches. Yes. So it's... It is because we believe Scripture interprets Scripture that it was a group thing. It was, it was everyone checking Scriptures and measuring the Lutheran confessions to Scripture to show that there are no holes. If, 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 uh, if you were to, to grab 100 people and say, okay, make a, we're going to give you a Bible, uh, make a religion based on what you read, you're going to have 100 different religions. Exactly. And with, and with the Lutheran confessions, it takes— uh, the many of the things that are people would find common, and uh, and explain them in a way that it all comes together that it checks out with other parts of the scripture. Scriptures, exactly. And and that takes uh, confessions, and that that the confessions that takes people subscribing to them, and and uh, when we talk about the if we let's say at some point it's not going to happen, but someone's the church, we realize that we misunderstood something in the Bible. Uh, then we would go by the Bible. But because we don't believe that's the case, the Lutheran confessions, which are a servant of understanding the Bible, 
Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. It, it really does. And um, uh, in the in the context of a, a human being and uh, being a religious uh, uh, being, in one way or another, you know, people will think religiously. Mm-hmm. And uh, whenever they get the Bible, and without the yardstick, without uh, the confessions or, or uh, the presupposition through which or the lens through which you read the Bible, you easily get confused and, and start your own religiosity mm-hmm. uh, very easily. I think this is what happened uh, uh, even in, uh, uh, the, in the traditional religions. Uh, all this traditional religiosity, uh, they just make up what would be possible for them. They don't have a proper uh, glasses through which they read the Bible. Mm-hmm. And here the Lutheran Confession is very important in shaping our understanding of the Bible and helping us to understand even those difficult texts. And, and it addresses controversies where, yes, exactly. where this is how we, the church, mm-hmm. has misunderstood it. And right. We need to address them exactly. from Scripture. Mm-hmm. Right. Number seven. Uh, this is more of a serious one. Okay. Okay. I want you to describe what it's like, because this is something that I don't see. Most people here in the States don't see that you have seen. Describe what it's like to see uh, a truly hungry child and then to see that child fed, nourished, and growing. Thank you. Uh, this is a surreal, serious question. Mm-hmm. Having been born in Africa, in these developing countries, working among various communities, uh, I have uh, witnessed some of these uh, uh, difficult situations with children, and especially a child who is hungry. Uh, you can meet a child who is hungry and malnutrited, and uh, well, he's uh, in the point of uh, he has lost the water in the body, and uh, the skin is turning red, mm. stomach uh, being big, distended. Yeah, uh, so. Uh, a hungry child will actually uh, do anything to get food to eat. So looking at that child, you will realize that uh, this child is in a big problem. Now, in the case of uh, some of our children, and especially those either in the streets in the town or at home uh, in various places, they will go to various places trying to get something to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, there has been a, a very uh, nice picture that uh, was shown by, I think, some missionaries who went to a town, and at the outskirts of the town, uh, there was a, a girl who was lying somewhere, uh, very hungry and uh, very sick, and uh, they went there and talked. She, she couldn't talk very well. Then they gave her some water, and she's, uh, she sat up and started to talk. They started to give her some food, and out of that uh, she gained some strength, but they found out she was also sick, so took her to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
a hungry child. Briefly, I would put it, uh, he or she will be walking around everywhere, searching for food. And and you mentioned uh, they'll do anything to eat, which then makes them extremely vulnerable. Exactly. To be taken advantage of. Exactly. Like from um, the, for example, the Muslim community. Exactly. Or young girls. Right. Uh, the boys or the girls, if they get opportunity to steal, they will steal or grab something and run away with it. Or they will beg or uh, uh, they will be ready to be employed and uh, go through child abuse because people will take advantage of, of that. With the girls, uh, some of them would uh, get marriage or get into uh, um, uh, sex activities as early as 10, 12. Mm. And uh, you can really see how sinful human beings are. And then some people want to take advantage of that. Now, some of these girls, uh, they become pregnant. And after being pregnant, uh, uh, they don't know what to do with the children. So some will throw children on the streets or in the garbage or anywhere. Uh, but some will stick with their children. Mm-hmm. But then uh, people will take advantage of them and abuse them in so many ways. Now, the Muslim community is also very funny uh, with it. Uh, they will come to a place, built uh, a mosque and a school, and they bring these children to to their school and teach them Islamic faith. Mm-hmm. Now, within the process, it, uh, it is easy that some will be radicalized and uh, become very dangerous for the community. Because they're, they're the one that was their meal ticket. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Mm. So you, you ask, I asked the first part, you didn't answer the second part. Do you remember what the second part was? Mm-hmm. What is it like to then see them like fed, to take a child who was hungry, yeah. and then uh, the joy of seeing them, you know, get the nutrition they need. I, do they like, uh, if they've been like hungry for a while, and then they start eating, getting food, I imagine they start growing really fast, like their body's trying to catch up. Is that, does that happen? Uh, this is a personal experience with these children. Within Hope for the Destitute and even Project 24, uh, we've got some children we are, who, are, who have really been hungry and starving. We bring them into the facility, start feeding them, uh, start uh, teaching them uh, in school, and also give them the word of God. Mm-hmm. After a few months, you will see a happy child growing, and they start growing very quickly. And uh, in your heart, you will feel great peace with you seeing that child. Right. Uh, in our school, or for the destitute school, whenever I enter there, and uh, for example, if we have a, a new child, who was there from the last semester, you go there seeing him or her has changed a lot. Oh, yeah. They probably may not even recognize him almost. (laughs) But whenever they see you, uh, they will come, smile at you, and and greet. They see a father. A father that they didn't have. Yeah, they didn't have. It makes your heart to be filled with joy. Is that one of the hardest parts of coming over this side of the pond yeah. is to miss them? 
very much. Miss yeah. them very much. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, and along those lines, uh, your wife take takes us on with you, doesn't she? Oh yeah, Ruth. she she does. Yeah, she she's a, a mother to those children, and uh, she thinks about them, uh, makes various kinds of uh, food for them, and even clothes. You know, she she's a dressmaker. Oh. So, oh yeah, and uh, Ruth and my my daughter Cornelia, uh, they do the uniform thing. So they make a okay. uniform for these children, and uh, that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I imagine the uniform's kind of good for the sense of it gives them a sense of belonging with the group. Yes, and the equality, you know. Right. Everybody's in uniform. So. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Number six. Uh, Akuna Matata. Do Africans really say that, or is that just Disney? <laughs> the African. They really do truly. say it. Especially there's a slogan when you come to Kenya. Uh, there is a, a hymn that, to welcome uh, people coming to Kenya. Mm-hmm. Hakuna Matata is a Swahili word for no problem or no worries. So whenever we get uh, tourists or guests coming from outside, uh, they will uh, be... Uh, welcome, Hakuna Matata. Just, uh, <laughs> and then uh, there is a, a musician who also sang that. So when you go to tourist uh, sites or tourist hotels, that song would be would be played, Hakuna Matata. So, so what does that so- what does that song sound like? The the one in Swahili mm-hmm. is it? Kenya inchi yetu Hakuna Matata. Kenya inchi yetu hakuna matata karibu ni wageni hakuna matata There you go <laughs> <laughs> Yeah yeah we'll uh, we'll, we'll have, before when you by the time you get home mm-hmm. uh, we'll have uh, someone make that into a, a a song and it'll be playing everywhere Oh <laughs> now that we have it on tape here <laughs> Yeah I think we can even google it I, I okay. hope we could we could get it Okay Yeah number 5 explain to the listener of the show what it means to walk together and how you have seen uh, Christians uh, where you serve, overcome great odds to become brothers in Christ? Uh, actually, in, in our community, we have a, a strong community relationship. Mm-hmm. In the era that we are now living in, the good communities we have are among the believers. Mm-hmm. So walking together within the church uh, it gives you um, a deep, strong family relationship. So for us, uh, you know, when somebody is sick or uh, somebody dies in a community, we will come together and raise funds. We don't have this uh, burial insurance or death insurance. Uh, mm. So whenever there is an issue or when we are building a church, we do what we call harambe fundraising. So people will bring their resources together, and uh, then we will have a target. If it is a burial ceremony, people will bring their resources together. Mm-hmm. Then uh, within the church, then the pastor, the family, 
we will walk together towards sending this uh, our deceased brother or sister to rest in the Lord. Mm. Walking together uh, also means that uh, we confess the same faith. The same faith we confess every Sunday, every time we meet. Uh, happily enough, also in our burial uh, liturgy, we have the, the confessions. Mm. Yeah. Apostle Creed. And mm-hmm. uh, we confess uh, the Lord. We confess the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, the confession we used to confess in the church together. So walking together in our context is, is very important uh, in, in so many ways. But I'm also realizing that it is not just a local walking together. It is also international walking together. Since I started uh, being uh, uh, the church leader and representing Africa in the International Lutheran Council. Mm-hmm. I have come to learn and, and love our working together as Lutheran confessional Christians. It must be amazing to to get a gathering of people from all over the world. Exactly. Who come from many different situations. All over the continents. All over the continents. Some places where it gets colder than Kenya. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some are even warmer. Some even warmer, yeah. yeah. And uh, many different languages, and yet the, there is a strong bond. Yes. Like you just walk in and you're instantly brothers. Yes, exactly. And that was demonstrated uh, much better during the last uh, LCMS uh, Synodical Convention. There was a wonderful program uh, developed by uh, Church Relations Office mm-hmm. and uh, all the international community. We were sitting together, taking breakfast together, then having the uh, worship together, mm-hmm. and then a, pre- a short presentation, and then discussion. And not only that, people would sit together during the meals and chat and talk about their countries, their experience, their challenges. And, 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 and you see the bond is, is, is being uh, tightened together. Mm-hmm. And people see, this is my brother. Uh, this church belongs to us all. So it is very important to walk together. Uh, I'll... I'll show you how I see that sometimes mm. is uh, uh, behind the collar of what pastors struggle with here mm. is um, and in a lot of ways the churches in the United States has been declining you know and maybe you've seen that even in your visits in the last 20 some years and it can be very discouraging to the Christians here and one of the one of the things I point them to is you know the church isn't just the United States you know, uh, the church is, uh, is in Europe, it's in South America, it's in Africa, it's in all these places where, where it continues to grow, and those are our brothers and sisters in Christ. And um, right now the culture is, is very, very hard for those who believe that the Bible is the Word of God, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's very convincing to a lot of people here, uh, the the ways of the world and and uh, thinking that the Bible is some sort of uneducated or or a rise of atheism, which I imagine Africa you don't have a lot of atheists in Africa. 
Well, they're coming. They're coming for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and but to, to realize uh, that uh, it's you know the church isn't just Iowa. The church isn't just the United States. Right. The church mm-hmm. is all over the world. What did Jesus say? Make go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's well, you heard Jesus. That's what he says. The church is exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Number four, Vicar. He asked me uh, not too long ago. He was very impressed, and he he said to he goes, Pastor, um, I want to be an archbishop someday. What do I have to do? I've you know I've never been one, so I didn't know how to answer the poor guy. <laughs> well, I would say it's not how you want to be, or what you want to be, but God will make you whom He wants you to be. So don't bother yourself with that question very much. There you go, Vicar. See, thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting the show quickly, Vicar. <laughs> number three it's it's kind of the same not the same exactly but um so when 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 you think of when you because i'm sure you do recruiting for pastors right to help Mm -hmm. find pastors Mm -hmm. so when you're looking for someone to be a pastor and trying to urge someone to become a pastor uh, what kinds of qualities do you look for in in someone yeah that is really a good question because I imagine they're not that different than what we would hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, in mo- in many cases, in a church, you will find some youth or uh, some people. They kind of like ones to sit next to pastor. Mm-hmm. They want to uh, ask questions. They want to assist when there is something going on in the church. And whenever there are functions, they are there. Mm-hmm. You can send them if uh, you need somebody to help. So uh, in that kind of a process, you will be able to see somebody whom you may think he can serve in, in the public ministry. And uh, Because there, there is, you see in them the desire to be involved. Exactly. Uh, to help, to yes. learn, mm-hmm. uh, to kind of be the... A pastor's shadow. Right. Yeah. Whenever there's something in the congregation, in the community, he's, he's, he's there. He's ready for the service for which mm-hmm. he or he, he's called to do. So out of that, uh, you will realize, uh, yeah, this man, uh, God is calling him for this ministry. Yeah. And... and it, it's not rocket science, is it? Really? No, no. Because sometimes people think, "Oh, well, I have to be able to do this or no, that." Or no, no. have simply a, a willing heart to serve, mm, right? Uh, mm. A desire to understand God's word, the ability to uh, communicate that. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it's not as hard as people think. No. Number two. What is your favorite movie and why? Well, I have three, actually. Three. All right. Yeah. See, I'm going to see if they're the same movies as, as Vicar's favorite movies. 
Okay. Yeah. One is what about Bob? What about Bob? Oh, that's a great one. Baby steps, baby right, steps. Baby steps. Step. <laughs> Actually, the slogan of baby steps, I have even used it to some on some people. Uh, when they feel that uh, they are always failing, whenever they start to do something, they always fail, get despair, mm-hmm. and think that they can't do anything. I tell them, just take baby steps. Just start slowly, mm-hmm. follow that, uh, complete it, then mm-hmm. take another one. But actually, I like it uh, because of uh, a sense of humor. Yeah, Bill Murray. Yeah, right. And how uh, you have the, the one guy who's uptight, right. tried to following everything by the book, <laughs> right? And the guy who's like, whatever, <laughs> you know, right. and then everyone loves him, <laughs> right? Even the family of uh, of the doctor, right? The doctor Lee Marvin, <laughs> and finally, uh, this person becomes the doctor, and the doctor becomes a patient. <laughs> <laughs> Have, have you seen that movie? No, I've never seen it. Oh, oh you got to see that. Where do you live? You got to see that. Okay, well, I'll put it on the list. Yeah. Do you live in a cave somewhere? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> might as well have a right. movie. Yeah, might as well just have a canteen and a knife and a box of matches. <laughs> just send me to Kenya now. <laughs> the second one is uh, The Lion, the King. The Lion, the King portrays uh, more of a social life. For me, looking at it, I see how the animals cooperate and how they they help each other mm-hmm. and, and how they want to support uh, what is there. But at the same time, there must be uh, uh, some adversaries mm-hmm. in a society. Mm-hmm. You look at the behavior of Scar, uh, the, the brother of Simba, right? Uh, the brother of uh, Mufasa. Okay. Uh, you 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 see how he's always planning bad things for for their kingdom, mm-hmm. and uh, then he associates himself with hyenas, uh, whom finally destroyed him. It is a lesson that you must be very careful with the group which you associate yourself with, yourself with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, especially for young people, mm-hmm. even for the grown-up, uh, it is very important to be in a good group. And I like how you kind of began your discussion with it, is a, a understanding uh, of how in nature everything works together and, and how we would, you know, some would say, oh, well, that's just because of evolution or adaption. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we would understand it. Well, look at how beautifully God created everything to work together. Right, exactly. That can't be an accident. Exactly. Uh, it has uh, some lessons to me. When I, when I watch a movie, I, at the end, I, I just ask you the question, what, what do we learn from the movie? That happened to me with Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. So um, I used to watch this movie when I was in America here with my children. Mm-hmm. And at the end, we, we would discuss some oh, of Oh, yeah. Them. Yeah, some of those things. And uh, so you see, the things have lessons for us to learn. Yeah. Yeah, well, even G- Jesus told parables. One of them, we are preaching yeah. on Sunday. That's right. So we're waiting with bated breath. What is your number one movie? Shrek. Shrek. <laughs> the Green Man. <laughs> the Green Man. <laughs> so you, 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 you like the donkey, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> 
I am a super fly. <laughs> I can fly. Yeah. Donkey can fly. Right. Oh, what, what was the lesson of Shrek? The last? The lesson that you learned from Shrek. Uh, Shrek makes, uh, makes you uh, happy and uh, brings uh, your heart to forget a lot of uh, hard work you've been doing right. and just sit there and enjoy uh, the green man. The green man. The Although green man. Uh, the other Shrek movies weren't nearly as good. No, the first one is the best. Right. Yeah, actually. It's yeah. like an onion. Oh, no. <laughs> Wrapped in onion? <laughs> it's got layers, right? <laughs> onion layer. <laughs> but Shrek is a real mean person, especially to the donkey. Right. And, uh, yeah, uh, even when the donkey wants to help him, because of his mean heart, he, he can't see it. He's, actually, Shrek is thinking of himself always, self-centered right. person. It's me, me, me. Right, stay out of my stuff. Yeah, right. It's me. Um, we sometimes say um, a person who is uh, too Western, most of the time think of me, 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 me. Right. Yeah. Right. So but, cut, I'll, I'll give an example. You talked earlier about community coming together for mm, someone's funeral, mm, mm. right? And and when people give to that, there really is a sense of sacrificial giving. Exactly. Like, exactly. They're gonna miss, truly miss what they're giving. Exactly. Uh, we tend to give. Well, uh, we've got a little extra this year. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so Shrek is uh, has those kind of lessons to help us learn that uh, we can't do in everything by ourselves. We need each other in whichever right. way we live. So, you know, finally, the donkey becomes helpful to him. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I knew you'd have good movies. So, would any of those match yours, Vicar? I do like the last two, yeah. Okay. Shrek is good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shrek probably came out before you were born. Yeah. No. No? Okay. It was what, 2004? Something like that? When the first one came out? No. 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 Because I was in the country 2000. Then, and that's when you saw it? Yeah. Oh, okay. 2001, I, been free, I so. think. 2001. <laughs> All right. But there are many Shrek, you know? There are Shrek 1, Shrek There's 2, Shrek four 3. Four of them. Yeah. Yeah. Only the first one's, yeah, first one's the best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Second one's okay. The third one is. Not very good. So if any movie studio is listening, okay, give them a plea. We need a What About Bob 2, don't we? <laughs> right? Well, it might they... not be as good as a What About Bob 1. That's true. But, yeah. <laughs> and number one. You uh, have a, a group you work with called Hope for the Destitute, right? Mm -hmm. I want you to explain uh, what, what destitute really means because we have all sorts of ideas what destitute means. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. um, and, I, you know, destitute for some means, well, I, I, I'm having trouble with my credit card bill, which is important. It just can be for some very difficult or for some is I, 
you know, I don't have the car that I like or something like that. Um, I want you to describe when you talk about hope for the destitute. I want you, you've already done some, but I want you to talk about destitute when it comes to uh, uh, the people that you serve and what they need. Just just describe that. Well, thank you. I hope for the destitute uh, came up as, as a result of uh, the destitute situation that uh, orphans were living, especially in, in the early 1990s when I became a pastor. Uh, it was so evident that many of the people, the young adults were dying out of HIV and AIDS and other related diseases. And the orphans were remaining there and uh, nobody really would take care of them. Uh, it started to come up that Christian churches were looking for ways of helping these orphans. Mm -hmm. And uh, in our context also, uh, as a pastor in a parish, in a regional parish, uh, some of our, uh, my members died, some cousins died, some uncles died, and orphans were left. Mm. Uh, then uh, some of these children, they started coming to our house. Actually, two of them came. And as a pastor and my wife, Ruth, we couldn't chase them. So we put them in. Then others came and others came until they were 10. We didn't know what to do uh, and we mm -hmm. felt they needed our help. How big was your house? Uh, uh, how, how, compare it to the studio. Oh, no, uh, it's... Uh, like uh, two of these. Okay. Yeah, two of these. We have a bedroom and a sitting room. And it, uh, during that time. Ten additional children. Yeah. So it, it was very challenging. And then the name of Hope for the Destitute actually came up when uh, we thought that the church can be an agent to create hope into these destitute children. Mm-hmm. Uh, the children who were hungry, couldn't go to school, didn't know what to do next and how life will be. Mm -hmm. And then, so we, we started that and uh, the number was swelling. So we took it up with our congregation. We talked with the congregation and the congregation said, yeah, we will contribute and uh, help. Uh, uh, but the congregation uh, had also widows and uh, several of the people could not. So that is uh, when, uh, uh, when I came to the United States, then uh, our civil church in uh, Muscatine. Muscatine, Iowa. Uh, mm -hmm. Muscatine, Iowa. Accepted to adopt this program under uh, President Brian Sanders. He was the pastor in Muscatine during that time. Mm -hmm. So out of that, then we started to uh, put things together in a systematic way. We elected a board in Kenya, and uh, we, s we started to help these children. Initially, we were paying school fees for these children and uh, giving them food, uh, medications for those uh, who uh, needed it. And the, foods, the food, a lot of times, was like porridge, like cornmeal yeah, porridge. Yeah, porridge, cornmeal. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, we would buy a, a sack of corn, which for us is called maize. Mm -hmm. Then we take to the guardian or, or the, the relative living with the orphan. Uh, so that is how it started. 
And then we got money and then we could pay school fees for them, take them to school so they would learn and uh, be able to come uh, independent when they grow up. But this developed more and more uh, unto, until it was needful to have a school. So in the year 19, uh, 2015, we built a school with corrugated tins, iron sheets. Mm-hmm. So this school uh, has been there until today. But then, uh, uh, as hot as it is, uh, the, some of the mold started to come out of the buildings. It's very hot back there. Mm-hmm. And it is not uh, uh, easy to live or learn in those uh, Right, and you have kids not yes. only going to school but living in oh yeah in, in, in that in, in, in those in, in tin 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 yeah exactly. rooms with yeah. Uh, mold growing right. So we decided to uh, start uh, raising funds to build a school. So so far the uh, things have been going on very well. Uh, until today, we have raised uh, thirty-two thousand U.S. dollars. Uh, the entire budget for building the entire school is 300,000 US dollars, mm-hmm. which we have divided into three phases. So phase one, we want to uh, raise 100,000 US dollars, lay the foundation, and build some few classes to start with. Mm-hmm. Having finished that, we will go to the second uh, phase, raise another 100,000 to continue building. And after that, the, the third uh, phase, which we intend to raise another 100,000 to continue building this facility. And there's a sense of urgency in, in the fact that, uh, just like here, the prices are going up. Yes. And, uh, um, um, you know, you're, you're like if you were to get the money within months, you would be building that first phase. Exactly. The yeah. plans are mm-hmm. done. The plans are done. The drawings are done. Uh, uh, I talked with the, the board there. They have submitted their application to the county office in Kenya for the government to approve, mm-hmm. which uh, I... Ex- and, and what they need to see is, the, the importance of that first phase is the government needs to see that the progress has been made. Exactly. So our plan is to uh, break the ground this year mm-hmm. uh, so that uh, we use the money we have or else the prices will go up and then uh, we will not be able to get materials with the amount of money we have enough to help us start. Okay. So in, in our uh, first phase, we still in need of 68,000 US dollars. And uh, we believe the Lord will provide that one. I have no problem with because I have seen how God has taken care of these children and uh, taken care of all for the destitute. About 150 children? Yes, right now we have 150 children, yeah. And uh, the second one is a, a van. We need to buy a van because the facility, this teen uh, boarding facility we have, uh, can only uh, accommodate 50. So mm-hmm. the other one, we need to have a, a bigger van that bring them to school and then we take them back home. Uh, the the ones live, 50 to live, you mean? Yes, even right now, the 50 are in school, living in the, the compound. Right. Yes. Right. So so when, when people hear school, mm. uh, you have some of them travel in, but a lot of it is whole care. 
where mm-hmm. where you take care of not only their schooling, their their meals, their yes. clothes, yes, all of that is is and and they could even adopt a student, right? Exactly. Uh, what is it, about a hundred dollars a month? Hundred dollars a month. You can actually adopt a, a student where all the needs of that child, including medical, are being paid. And they're schooling, yes, uh, and they'll go to chapel, yes, uh, all those things. Exactly. Um, the price of of being able to watch TV <laughs> in America, <laughs> okay, <laughs> with cable, <laughs> the cable TV, right, right. Um, and then uh, so you have that school project, yes, and and you're on the first phase, and then you have the van, the van, yeah, uh, and then the adopted student they could do also. Uh, uh, they need prayers as well. Exactly. Actually, that is the the most uh, important one: prayers, encouragement, and uh, God will take care of them. God will provide for what they need in in God's time. Right. Yeah, that is true. And uh, uh, we will post in our show notes. Okay. Uh, so when they. I know you're not a huge, uh, you don't know a lot about podcasts, but when it shows up on their phones, mm-hmm. uh, we'll put in the show notes uh, the address of of where they can send that money to help. Yes. And it goes directly to this. Yes. Mm-hmm. It goes to about Lutheran Church. Uh, one of the, the, the questions people have been asking, you can send a check, but you can also do uh, e-payment, electronic payment. Okay. To, to avoid, uh, is that through the Hope for the Destitute website? Yeah, you will find uh, the information there, and the Hope for the Destitute uh, website is linked to Aboit Lutheran Church. Okay. Yes. And we will link it to here too, so when people Good. are listening, they can just click the button and find yes, it. Yes, exactly. We will do that too. Oh, thank you. Yep. It's wonderful. So. Mm-hmm. So, you made it. Oh, thank you. You made it through an episode. What do you think? Did you have fun? Yeah, I think. The Vicar pe- was talked too much. That's okay. We'll work on that. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to listen to, yeah, your time and your session. Yeah. You listen to mine, Vicar. So I want to listen to yours too. Well, it's not every day you get to interview the Archbishop of Kenya, so. Well, you ask my children. Right. They will tell you. I, I, know, I notice when we say something like that, you look w- way less impressed than we are. <laughs> He's dad. <laughs> it's dad. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you, especially for joining us. I had a lot of fun. It was. I was looking forward to this. This. Oh, this yeah. Because I, I, yeah. I, I thought back of how much I, I enjoy visiting with you oh, and laughing with you, you and talking both about serious things, but then talking about Shrek and what about Bob? <laughs> I mean, where else are people going to get this, right? Yeah. All right. So, yeah. well, I'm, thank you I'm, for... I'm so grateful, too. Very yeah. grateful. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, thank you for listening. I'm Bullhagen. I'm Omolo. And I'm Vicar. And uh, Akuna Matata. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns... You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.